0: This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Mark and Delia Owens? Mark Owens was born sometime around 1944 and grew up on a farm near Toledo, Ohio. At some point, Mark married. He had a son named Christopher and later he divorced. Mark married again in 1972, this time to a woman named Delia. She was born sometime around 1949 and grew up in Georgia. When the couple was attending the University of Georgia, they decided to move to Africa. They sold their belongings and flew to Johannesburg in 1974. They looked at a map of Africa to find the most isolated area that they could. They wanted to move somewhere where the animals had no contact with humans. They ended up moving to a desert in Botswana, referred to as Deception Valley. It was extremely remote and only a few people lived there, living conditions were pretty brutal. In the summer, the temperatures could be in excess of 120 degrees. The couple observed wildlife in the area. They created extensive notes about the behavior of lions and hyenas. Perhaps they saw something like the plot to the Lion King unfold in front of them. The couple gained access to a single-engine Cessna aircraft with funding from a zoological society. Mark would fly around the area so that the couple could monitor the animals. One day, when he was following Wildebeest in his airplane, he saw poachers shoot and kill many of the animals. Mark and his wife reported this activity to the authorities and asked them to intervene, but no one really cared. The couple decided to make their concerns public in order to pressure the government into action. Their behavior did attract the attention of the government, but not in the way they hoped. The authorities in Botswana expelled them from the country after threatening them and intimidating them. Despite this setback, the couple was fairly popular in the United States. They had each earned a degree by this point. Mark had a master's degree in education, and Delia had a PhD in animal behavior. The couple contacted several politicians to pressure Botswana into letting them back in the country. As they were waiting for an answer, they found another place where they wanted to conduct research, a 2,400-square-mile national park in the northern province of Zambia. The park contained many different animals, like zebras, elephants, lions, and crocodiles. The couple moved there in 1986, and they were mortified to find poaching activity was high in this area as well. Elephants were the most common target. Mark and Delia tried to discourage poaching by offering financial aid to the local villagers. They hoped to get them involved in agricultural endeavors and reduce their dependence on illegal hunting. But the plan didn't work. The couple realized that scouts the government hired to stop poaching were the real problem. Some of them were unarmed, many were disorganized, and magical beliefs were rampant. For example, the scouts believed that the poachers were masters of witchcraft and could become invisible. So they had this ability to become invisible, but the best occupation they could think of was poaching, not any number of other crimes that would pay better. I'm not sure the scouts really thought that through. Mark believed that he needed to lead the scouts himself. The government appointed him and his wife as honorary game rangers, which put them in charge of the scouts. Using money from donors, Mark supplied the scouts with food and equipment, and he increased their salaries. The efforts that Mark and Delia made paid some dividends, but a ban on ivory by the United Nations in 1989 had the greatest impact on poaching. Although poaching had declined significantly, there was still some activity, and Mark was determined to stop it. He increased his anti-poaching activities. For example, at night, he would load a shotgun with firecrackers and discharge it at the camps of poachers, all this from an airplane. This often scared the poachers away, but sometimes they would shoot at the airplane with AK-47s. Delia was not happy with Mark repeatedly risking his life. She left him for a while, but eventually returned. Mark's son Christopher, who again was from Mark's first marriage, was at the park on occasion. He was supposedly a martial arts expert. He was there to teach the scouts hand-to-hand combat, which I guess would be useful if they ever ended up in a tough situation with an elephant or a lion. The couple wrote a book titled Eye of the Elephant, which was published in 1992. This attracted the attention of the ABC News TV show Turning Point. A film crew was sent to the park in 1994 and again in 1995, and a one-hour episode was produced. It was titled Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owens story, and it aired on March 30. 1996. The episode featured the story of the couple, including their efforts to stop poaching. Mark could be seen carrying weapons and training armed scouts. At one point, when he was talking to the scouts, he said, if you see poachers in the national park with a firearm, you don't wait for them to shoot at you, you shoot at them first. The entire episode could be considered controversial, but there was one part in particular that really attracted negative attention. The cameras were following a patrol when they came upon what appeared to be a poacher's camp. There were shotgun shells on the ground. A scout, dressed in green, waited for the poachers to return. There is a break in the video. When it resumes, a narrator said a shot was fired. A scout can be seen running with a rifle and approaching a man in a gray jacket who was lying on the ground. The scout fires a shot at the man a second person dressed in green and carrying a rifle can be seen. Three more shots can be heard coming from off camera. The shooter is not visible. The man in the gray jacket jerks and then stops moving, as if he has been struck with bullets. Later in the episode, Marcus interviewed. He said, it's the reality, the messy reality. It almost gives conservation a very ugly name. The shooting of the alleged poacher was not mentioned, in the rest of the episode. No other information was provided, like who the alleged poacher was, what he was doing there, did he live or die? Again, nothing was added to the information from the segment where he's seen on the ground and the shots occur. The month after the episode aired, Mark and Delia tried to explain what happened. They said that the Zambian government had a shoot to kill policy, and this was not the policy of the couple's project. They were not involved in the incident with the man being shot or any other incident of this nature. ABC defended the episode, saying that their crew was told that scouts could shoot poachers. The government of Zambia said there was no such policy. A homicide investigation was launched, but the police couldn't find a body. They were never able to identify who the man was. One police detective said that Mark Owens and a few scouts put the body in a cargo net and flew it to a lagoon. They dropped the body in the water. A safari operator said that the crew for the TV show was eager to record a poaching incident, and Mark alerted locals to look for one. The American embassy told Mark and Delia that it would be better to avoid Zambia until the situation was resolved. Investigators were eager to talk to the couple, but they never returned to Zambia. No charges were ever brought against the couple. Sometime later, one member of the ABC film crew, a cameraman, said that Christopher Owens is the one who shot the alleged poacher. Another member of the crew, an on-camera reporter, said that back at camp, some of the film was stolen. She was told that a hyena was responsible, which makes sense given the long-standing affinity that hyenas have for investigative journalism. Later, the film was somehow recovered. I guess the Hyena felt a lot of guilt and shame. Nobody from ABC reported the alleged murder to the authorities. Christopher Owens has never been charged with any crime in Zambia. He has run into problems with the law in the United States a few times. He was convicted of misdemeanor assault in 2001. In 2003, he shot two dogs, killing one and severely injuring the other. He told the police that he thought the dogs were coyotes. In 2005, He was convicted of misdemeanor cruelty to animals. Mark and Delia ended up in Idaho, where they initially aggravated some of their neighbors, but eventually the tension dissipated. After being confronted by a reporter on her property, Delia said that her son Christopher wasn't there, referring to the killing in Zambia. She said that people just became confused because the cameraman was also named Chris. I think I understand what she's getting at here, but this isn't a really good defense. She's arguing that the cameraman became confused because of his own name. Like because he shared the name Chris with somebody else who was there, he wasn't sure what he did and what the other Chris did. It's kind of a stretch to say that that kind of confusion existed in this case. Delia also told the reporter, why don't you understand that we're good people? We're just trying to help. At some point, Mark and Delia Owens divorced but reportedly still live on the same compound in Idaho. Delia would go on to publish a book in 2018 titled Where the Crawdads Sing. It has sold over 12 million copies and was made into a movie. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. people who run the cons So we go to your bank you go in and get 6000 cash give us each 3000 we give you this uh-huh. you go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper It's fun to know how the trick is done and that's what scams and cons is all about Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found Now moving to my analysis There's not enough evidence to determine what happened in Zambia from the grainy and blurry video It's not even clear if an actual murder was captured. The man could have been an actor. He could have survived. Maybe he wasn't struck with the bullets. Maybe he was an aggressor and the shooting was in self defense. There's just no way to know. It doesn't make sense that the cameraman would wait all those years before accusing Christopher Owens of being the shooter. Why didn't the cameraman report what he saw to the authorities? Most people would be pretty alarmed if they witnessed a murder. Regardless of what happened or didn't happen to the mysterious alleged poacher or trespasser, as the TV episode referred to him, it's clear the activity of Mark and Delia in Zambia was questionable. Mark in particular engaged in a lot of unusual behavior and made a number of strange statements. He said that an AR-15 that he was carrying in the video was not real. It was made of wood and used to scare poachers. So he decided to bluff with the same poachers who shot at him with AK-47s. Mark made it seem as though he really wasn't dangerous. He just wanted to appear dangerous to scare poachers. People accused Mark of being intolerant of the local villagers. He did not want people from Africa being near the animals in Africa. So he had the right to be near the animals as a visitor to Zambia, but the people who lived in Zambia did not. Mark appeared to have intense hatred of the poachers and lost sight of the fact that poaching activity decreased dramatically. He just couldn't stand that there was any poaching still going on. He became obsessed with eradicating all poaching activity. Mark wrote a letter which made it seem as though he knew about the poachers being killed. He wrote, quote, two poachers have been killed and one wounded that I know of thus far, and we are just getting warmed up, unquote. In that same letter, he requested ammunition. One of his lawyers would later say that Mark wrote the letter, but somebody else made changes to it to make Mark appear aggressive. Maybe it was the hyena that grabbed the video from the film crew's tent. Later, Mark said that he might have written the letter after all. Mark's attorney denied that Mark ever led the scouts or paid them. The scouts said that he did. They thought that he was a combat expert who served in Vietnam scouts would salute Mark as if he was some type of military commander. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. I think that Mark and Delia initially had an interest in science and conservation. Over time, because they were working so hard to conserve different animals, they developed a sense of entitlement, like the animals belonged to them. Eventually, this expanded to everything belonged to them. Zambia gave them the authority because the couple was able to raise money, not because the couple was good at leading people. Mark and Delia didn't understand this and started to think of themselves as superior and talented. They were able to do anything. This obsession led to an investment in fantasy. Mark and Delia were the king and queen of their own country. They were exempt from oversight. I don't know if they were involved in the death of the alleged poacher, but I think the suspicion the authorities had was partially based on the way the couple was behaving in general, like the obsession the couple had with power. Now moving to the last question, what are my thoughts on the book that Delia published in 2018, the one titled Where the Crawdads Sing? The book is incredibly popular and has had an atypical sales pattern. It became popular several months after it was released instead of immediately after its release industry experts have difficulty explaining why the book is successful. There is no logical or rational reason that it should be. Here are my thoughts on this book. The book essentially involves two storylines that move back and forth between 1952 and 1970. The first story is about a girl growing up in North Carolina. She lives in a marsh. She prefers animals over people and is a loner. The second story is a murder mystery, including a dramatic courtroom battle. Here are my thoughts on the book, starting with the negative commentary. The protagonist in the book, which appears to be based on Delia herself, is unrealistic. The dialogue was not managed well, and the pacing is distorted. It appears as though the book is written by someone who is intelligent and has a good command of English, but who really doesn't understand the emotions of other people like there's a lack of empathy. For example, the romance in the book is handled more like a cliché instead of from a genuine place of feeling. The descriptions are just too forced and fantastical. On the positive side, I think that the descriptions of nature in the book are pretty good. That's really the only redeeming element, in my opinion. Here's how I picture the process for writing this book. A National Geographic magazine, a romance novel, a true crime thriller, and a biology textbook are thrown on the ground and stepped on by an elephant. The result is a disorganized narrative with a lot of variety and an exotic feel. Now moving to my final thoughts. The murder mystery in Zambia parallels the mystery of the success of Delia's book. However, the suspicion is now the elephant in the room. So I guess the elephant wasn't done after making the book. I think the fact that Delia is wanted for questioning by the authorities in Zambia is probably part of the reason she is selling so many books. This unusual sales tactic is just one more anomaly in Delia's wild journey through life. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa.